Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. And we're in our 20th year of this program on Voice America. Always happy to be here and bring you such um, inspirational and encouraging guests. And remember, the show is about showing you how to turn your obstacles into opportunities, your challenges into solutions, and today is no exception. I have a a great guest on who I've known for years and I've had on this program before. Her name is Minna Brown, and she is an experienced and masterful executive coach, career consultant, author, trainer, public speaker, and entrepreneur. And we're talking today about the job search. As president of Positive Coach, LLC, Minna offers comprehensive executive and career coaching and leadership development services to individuals and companies. She also teaches professional and managerial coaching through her own ICF and BCC accredited programs. As a former aerospace operation executive and CFO, she combines deep leadership experience with over two decades of coaching success to help clients achieve clear and significant outcomes. Her clients, who come from a broad spectrum of industries, describe her as engaging, compassionate, challenging, inspirational, and fun. All right, and she also has certification in in many other areas. Welcome, Minna. Thank you, Patricia. I'm really excited to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, great. And I know that um, you are the author of several books, and your your book, um, Be Sharp, Tell Me About Yourself in Great Introductions and Professional Bios, that's um, the second edition, right? And that is also... correct. That's also coming up, and, and you've met, you've authored five books. Wow. So, you know, um, I know that you really have sort of the, the depth of executive leadership experience, but also the coaching experience. And mm-hmm. what I, what I want to ask you about is now, you know, now we've had quite a bit of happening with COVID, and we've changed a lot of uh, jobs are remote now. Um, what would you say to people starting out in their job search now where the job may be remote and it may be on site and it may be hybrid? What's the first thing you would say? Because we're in an, a new normal at the moment. Oh, yeah, a completely new normal. I mean, and you just mentioned a couple of the key trends. Um, one thing that we're seeing, and this is good news, is that job creation is is back on the rebound. There are going to be more and more jobs, I'm confident, in the next six months to a year that are going to come back online. Uh, But similarly, there's going to be more competition in many ways than maybe we've had in the past because of the flexibility, the remote options, etc. I think a couple of things that are really important in this new normal is the reality that companies are really going to be looking for flexibility and adaptability mm-hmm. in their workforce. Mm-hmm. So that's good news and bad news. So the good news is, is that if you enjoy working remotely, if you're reasonably well adept at technology and, and have, have that um, interest and skills you're going to have more options than probably you would have had 
before COVID. Uh, the bad news is that that means the competition for the jobs, whereas it might have been in a geographic uh, area, those jobs may now be available to people all over the country. In fact, people may be in other countries. So mm-hmm. I think it has just shifted the landscape of how mm-hmm. we're going to work, where we're going to work from, and then the people coming into the workforce in various ways. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is you're competing now with people globally, not just locally and regionally. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other another thing, thing that go ahead. No, I want to go ahead, but then I do want to ask you about the technology because not everybody's so adept in technology, and that's mm-hmm. another issue. So talk mm-hmm. go ahead, make your point. Well, and, and I will blend my next point to that, um, is that because companies are still I mean Companies are still kind of bruised from the last 18 months, mm-hmm. and so companies are being cautious and, uh, and are doing a very diligent job more than ever before. The recruiting and hiring process is taking longer and longer and longer, and it will be peppered all the way from beginning to end with technology. So virtual interviews, uh, lots of online. There may even be assessments that you'll take online. There's a there's mm. a higher level of due diligence and a much bigger leaning on technology about that. Another dimension of that too is that companies are looking for flexibility by hiring temp workers or freelance yes. jobs yeah. or contract yeah. workers. Yeah. And I would bet that the vast majority of those jobs are going to be virtual. They're going to require a certain foundation in technology skills. But, you know, there's a positive side to that for me because I do independent contract work, and that is that I might find several companies that want to bring me on for three or four months at, you know, instead of hiring me at a, on a salary, right, where they are, are wedded to me in a way, they, they bring me on for three or four months, but I have a guaranteed income within that period. That's not a bad thing either, Minna. What do you think? I think it's a great thing. And, and when I talk to my clients and colleagues, when you are changing jobs, if you're looking for a new salaried position or a new full-time job, honestly, having the opportunity to have a contract within a company is mm. exactly what you're saying. You've got the assurance of a certain period of time of having some income. In another right. dimension, if you were looking for a full-time job, it's what I would call try and buy from right. a company's point of view. Right. I might right. really want to see what you're like and how you are to work with and are you going to fit the job and the culture. And so with a three- or six-month contract, I can decide without committing my, my, to a salary and benefits, I might decide this is going to work out or this is not. So I feel like contract work is, is excellent. And, and there are a couple of caveats with that. But I do think the other thing is in a job search process, there mm. is simply nothing different between looking for a full-time job or looking for a contract opportunity. Yeah. The process is exactly the same. But the benefits are not, correct? You don't no, get the benefits no. in contract. <laughs> right. That you don't get. But yeah, you, get you don't the get flexi- the benefits, which means when you do contract work, you have to price it smartly. Yes. And usually more. Yes, And usually more. more. Yeah. Um, but the, the beauty of that is you also don't have the responsibility of being a corporate employee, 
I mean, certainly, you know, you have to follow the rules and regs, but you're really very focused on the project. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? Do you agree? I, I completely agree. The focusing on the project is is really a benefit from the standpoint of the company and the individual because the company isn't necessarily, in most cases I would imagine, not having you clock in and clock out or over, you know, look over your shoulder on That's everything. Right. What That's they're right. contracting is the deliverable. Absolutely. So they want you to produce the work. And Absolutely. if you happen to be a night owl or you're an early bird, you get to kind of manage your work yep. time around delivering what they have contracted for you to do. And yeah. they're going to be happy when you get that work done. You know, I want to give you an example of that because I'm going through something like that now. And I think it's really great and it can help you get another contract with the same company. And it's about flexibility that you just mentioned. So I'm working with a company and I'm helping them create podcasts and I have a technical person who does all of the recording and the video recording and I'm the, I'm the in, interviewer, but I also help them put it together. Well, what's interesting is it's a high tech company. So a lot of the interviewing is, you know, very technical language and these people that I'm interviewing are all over the country and, and, and different countries as well. And what's interesting is that, you know, the company, uh, although they've given us a time frame. They want to do these interviews as quickly as possible. And you have to be flexible because these people in different parts of the world can't always right. be there when you're there. So so my partner and I have been very flexible and saying, okay, yeah, we'll do the we'll do the pre-call here, the dry run, and then we'll do the interview here. And you know, and we're really trying to make this happen. And I think they're very appreciative because they feel that we're flexible, that we're working with mm-hmm. their people, because it's not easy to get all these people together. And you gotta get sometimes three of them or two of them are being interviewed at once. <laughs> yeah. You know, right? and they're in different, and and then then you got to have my schedule and my partner's schedule, and then their schedule, and but the good news is they really want to turn this out quickly, and as long as we're flexible and we can meet their demands, then I think once we're done and they like it, we have a better chance of getting in again. But I think the main thing with them was the flexibility and willing to do it over if we had to, you know, it that was that seems to be very important to them. And and I would say that is that applies. I can't imagine uh, who it wouldn't apply to. The the having a freelance opportunity or a contract opportunity. You're focusing. You're focusing on meeting your clients' expectations. Right. Delivering right. work at a right. quality level. Yes, exactly. Right. Period. And then the other thing I would say too is that now one of the things we uh, live by in coaching is a, a mindset of meeting your client where they are. You right. know, we're not trying to fit somebody into something else. So in contracting, you're meeting your client That's where right. they need you to be, and you have the adaptability and flexibility and sensibility. To, to deliver that in the way that's going to be maximum benefit to the client. Yeah, yeah and I, I want to give, before we go to break, I want to give an example of what you just said. Mm-hmm. So one of these people that we interviewed who's in Canada writes out all, we come up with the questions ahead of time, writes out all the answers, and basically is reading the answers on the end. It, it doesn't sound good, but he's not going to do it mm-hmm. any other way. We're trying, we did it a couple of times, and finally we said, you know what, that's him. That's him, you're not going to change him. <laughs> And so they have to live with that. It's not that yeah. flowy delivery. It's you ask a question and, I mean, it gives you a comprehensive answer after eight minutes, but it's, you know, he's reading most of it. And, you know, but it's the company is fine with it because they've gotten his input. 
and you have to let it go. Even though it's not the way, if I were directing this, it's not what I would say. I would say, right. forget the script, right? So that's what you're talking about. And you, right. you're not going to change the client. You have to adapt. Right, exactly. Yeah, which is interesting. Well, this is fascinating. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk now about if you do want a job, whether it's a contract work or a full-time job or a part-time job, how do you go about it now in today's world? in sort of the post-COVID and maybe new, new pre-whatever we're going through right now. All right, you're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. And we are talking to Minna Brown, who uh, is a professional coach who has the in-depth, really experienced leadership experience and credentials that really impact thousands of people. And she's been an executive coach and career consultant for 24 years. And she also teaches her own coach training school in Dallas. And before that, she was an aerospace executive and CFO in a large publicly traded company. And she's co-authored five books. All right. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reingold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input, too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone and we are back and we are talking about um, jobs, getting jobs, searching for jobs, getting the right position or the right type of position in today's world, which is post-COVID, pre-new COVID or whatever that is. But it's a little bit different now in the past year and a half. My guest is Minna Brown, who is an experienced and masterful executive coach, career consultant, author, trainer, public speaker, and entrepreneur. She's president of Positive Coach. And she offers leadership, uh, comprehensive executive and career coaching and leadership development to individuals and companies. 
And she also teaches uh, her own managerial coaching courses. She's a former aerospace operation executive and CFO and has written five books and just so happy to have her back. Hi, Minna. Hi, Patricia. Thanks again. Yeah, good. All right. So let's talk about, um, you know, we talked in the first segment about how the landscape has changed, how Mm -hmm. it's become more virtual now, that you're competing. Mm -hmm. You know, many jobs are are virtual jobs and you're competing with people. The the, the pool is bigger because it's not just local Mm -hmm. anymore. And so the question I have is now if when you decide what you want, whether it's contract work, whether it's part-time work, whether it's full-time work, um, whatever it is, um, you know, how do you go about doing that in today's climate? Right. Well, thank you. Um, I wanted to also mention when we talked in the first uh, part about the issue of technology, you know, you're right. You mentioned that so many people are not as comfortable with technology and maybe more intimidated by it, I would say going forward after COVID, that is just something that they have to invest in learning. They need to take a class over at a community college or get some friend to teach them how to use Zoom and every other online platform because otherwise they're going to be left behind the door uh, in everybody else's dust. So I just, just threw that out because that's something you can't not know in today's world. And it's more so in the future than it is, it is, is even now. So I, I would start in terms of the job search process by mentioning two or three things that I think most people basically get it wrong. They do not do the right things. First of all, okay. uh, they go into a job search just with a, a big, a scatter shot. Just I'll do anything for anybody, and and they build a resume that's just kind of a. I have a chapter in one of my books called um, uh, "Jack of All Trades is Not a Job Title." So <laughs> the most important thing is to yeah. start with a clear focus. Did you did you say something? No, no, no. I'm agreeing oh, yeah. completely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you got to start with focus, and then I'll, I'll walk through a couple of more things. The second thing that people do, I think, wrong is that they have the wrong balance between sending their applications to job postings online. You know, they can look on all sorts of different uh, job posting networks mm-hmm. or, or platforms, including right. LinkedIn, and they post and they post and they respond and respond and put applications and applications. They can spend hours putting applications in on these different career networks, but they don't spend enough time networking, and that's just upside down. Networking is vastly the most important aspect of a job search. I don't talk people out of responding to job postings. I think that that is still worthwhile. People still get jobs from an online posting, but it's not going to be where they're going to have the highest degree of of, uh, uh, benefit and success. And then, and then the third thing is that people sometimes when they're out of a job, they decide to go back to, let's say, a different job in a different city, in a different function, in, in some other different level of responsibility. So they, they pile up a lot of different pieces of what they want in their new job. But the problem with that is that if you're going from job A to job Q, 
that every differential in those variables is going to take longer to do and it's going to be more difficult. So what I usually say is keep it simple. If you are unemployed, you need to get a job where you will be employed. And if you need to change a number of factors, choose one factor to change, not four, because then you have expanded the time it's going to take literally exponentially by all of those different factors. So those are a few things that I see consistently people get wrong in doing their job all right. search. All right, so question for you. Yes. When mm-hmm. you said one of the most important things is networking, mm-hmm. what does that mean, particularly in today's remote world? Oh, it, it, is, it is critical. And, you know, I'm sure that people hundreds of years ago knew that to get things done, you have to know the right people, right? So this isn't a new concept. But boy, oh boy, today it is a vibrant, instantaneous, and global process. Let me throw out a a little statistic that you may be familiar with and, and I know maybe some of your listeners would be familiar with. But there is this notion, and most people have heard of six degrees of separation, and this was Mm -hmm. research done way back in the original research was was quantified back in the, the early 60s. That research was updated in, I think, about 2011 by Facebook because that's their business. And then Facebook, Facebook updated that research in 2018. And so they're testing what is the real number of steps between you and me or me and anybody else on the planet. So just to give you one statistic, which is in the United States, the number of steps or the degrees of separation between me and anybody else in the United States is 3.46. 3.46 degrees of separation between me and anybody. So now when you think about that and then you narrow it to, um, let's say, an industry or a geography or a function, We don't know what that number would be because there's no research about that, but if you were to take three of those factors and narrow your focus, the only thing we really know about that number is it's less than Mm 3.46. It's maybe Mm -hmm. two or three. So that just means that the only thing between you and maybe your new job offer is two to three people. And so networking today is easier than it's ever been. Facebook, if, if, if a job search person is not on Facebook and does not have a good LinkedIn profile, excuse me, LinkedIn, doesn't have a good LinkedIn profile, Facebook too, actually, but LinkedIn is probably the most business-oriented platform. Um, that's got to be part of the process. And having a good, broad network, I call it, uh, for the people I work with on career, any kind of career, your network is one of your key assets on your career balance sheet. So being able to build your network and maintain it, I call it the care and feeding of your network. You can't just pop in every five years and say, hi, I need a job, what can you do for me? So networking has got to be a skill that we develop and that we maintain for the rest of the career. But when you say this, uh, tell me what you mean. Do you mean um, doing some research to find maybe the, 
the marketing person or the HR person or the person who has the kind of job you want and writing to them and seeing if you connect with them, is that what you mean? Yes, and maybe maybe it'll help put it in context if I just mention the first couple of steps because networking is step three. And that is what a lot of people get wrong is they don't have a focus. So the very first thing you do when you're looking for a job is figure out exactly what job you want, what do you enjoy doing, what are you good at doing, and what are companies and industries and different roles, what are they willing to willing to pay for you to do. So you kind of do some work on on your own focus of defining, I call it kind of your career bullseye or the coordinates of where you want to be in your, your job so that you've got a crystal clear notion. It is a little counterintuitive because a lot of people think if I put a, a big broad you know, as I was describing this big, broad category as I want a job, kind of any old job, that they would have an opportunity for more positions. But the inverse is actually true, that the broader your job definition, the less you are qualified for anything. So you do need, and I would say I generally have not seen very many uh, career transition candidates who, in my opinion, have a focus that is too narrow. I'd say 99% of the time it's still too broad. So bringing the focus down to something that's much more specific. And then you prepare. That means prepare with your resume and your LinkedIn profile and maybe a bio and, and what I would call our brand statement. And that is the, and this has been proven again this year, the number one question that's going to be asked in an interview is tell me about yourself. And almost everybody gets that wrong, too. So having a good brand statement about yourself that you can offer, and then you network. Once you're prepared, you do exactly what you just said, Patricia. You research. You've got a focus. You know what job you want. You know where you want it. You know what you want to do. Then you go in and you research. Who are the companies in my geographic area who have positions that do that? Who are the people in the key positions in those companies? And I'll tell you, this is where LinkedIn is just magical because you can type in a company name and let's say ABC company market research, and it's going to give you hundreds of names. And it's Mm -hmm. going to be in the order of how many people you are connected to that are connected Mm -hmm. to that person, up to three. You get three levels in LinkedIn. And so you research it, you target it, you be intentional, and then when you reach out to somebody, and there are two or three ways to get more comfortable doing that, and have an ask. Have an ask. Do you know somebody at ABC Company, or do you know somebody in the marketing department? And you make it really easy for them to just invite you to meet that person. And that's really how you focus on your networking. All right. And when we come back, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk about interviewing and how that all ties into all this. We'll talk about the interviewing skills um, when you meet the person, whether you do it online or whether you do it face-to-face. And again, um, Minna Brown, a few professional coaches have the depth of executive leadership experience, masterful coaching reputation, and all-around credentials and positive impact that Minna Brown does She's been an executive coach and career consultant for 21 years, or 24 years, 
And in addition to providing executive coaching and leadership development programs for companies and individuals, she teaches her own coach training school in Dallas. And before this, she was an aerospace executive and CFO in a large publicly traded company. She's also co-authored five books about careers and coaching and has an MBA from Vanderbilt and is a master certified coach. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice, and stay tuned. We'll be right back, and next we are going to talk about interviewing and what that looks like in today's world. Stay tuned. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. And I'm Patricia Raskin, and my guest today is Minna Brown, and we're talking about the job search, finding the right position, the right thing for you within this period we're going through, which is sort of post-COVID, but sort of new things coming on the horizon with COVID, So, um, and what's been going on in this last year and a half, where there's been a lot of remote work. Minna Brown is an experienced and masterful executive coach, career consultant, author, trainer, public speaker, and entrepreneur. She's president of Positive Coach LLC. She offers comprehensive executive and career coaching and leadership development services to both companies and to individuals. She teaches professional and managerial coaching through her own ICF and BCC accredited programs. She's a former aerospace operations executive and CFO. And she's also a master certified coach. She's written five books, and we're just so happy to have you back, Minna. I love being here. Thank you. Let's talk about um, 
the interview. Now, we've talked uh, really so far, we've talked about focusing on what you want, preparing mm-hmm. the resume. We didn't talk about the resume exactly, but we certainly talked about yeah. the bio and the LinkedIn profile. We talked about yeah. networking, and now we want to talk about interviewing mm-hmm. and how that happens, whether it's virtual and are there you know, some new considerations to consider since this last uh, year and a half has been very much virtual? What do you think? Right. Right, absolutely. Um, in, in the interviewing, I have a philosophy, and it's not based on any statistical research whatsoever, but uh, it's based on 20-plus years of experience. It's 75 to 80% of a good interview, one that you would come out and go, boy, I really rocked that one. That happens before you pick up the phone or you walk in the door or you turn on your video. The preparation is essential. And mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people go into an interview and they, they're, they're confident, they're knowledgeable, they are really a good fit for the job, so they really feel comfortable that they can just shoot from the hip and wing it. No, no, a thousand times no. Even if mm-hmm. you are perfect candidate, you are very confident and easy to talk to and present yourself well. That research differentiates the really positive candidates from people who, and they can tell, an interviewer can tell in a heartbeat that you're just winging it. So first thing to do is prepare. And that starts with what you mentioned a minute ago, the resume. Some people Mm -hmm. do a wonderful job, have a beautiful resume, which maybe got somebody's interest and they got an interview, but then they may be asked something specific about what's on the resume, which you should expect them to do, and they're not really well prepared to talk concisely and relevantly about every single word, every bullet, every line item on that resume. So the first thing to do is really know your resume, because by the way, a lot of uh, interviewers may not even read it, but the ones who do and take the time to read it, they're going to be asking you questions about it. So that's number one. The other thing is, and I said this earlier, the first question that most people are going to ask in an interview is, tell me about yourself. And that's a statement about your brand. Who are you? What do you know? How will you fit with us? What are your, what are your secrets? special sauce. What is it about you that would make me want to hire you? And so that personal brand statement, that's the book uh, Be Sharp is written about your personal branding. And it's how to answer that question. Tell me about yourself. And there are three ingredients and you do those three. It should take you 30 seconds to no more than a minute because they're not asking about your life history, where you were born and raised and where you went to school and what 15 jobs you've had. They don't, they've got that on your resume. They want to hear you talk about who you are. And so you need to have that well prepared and polished. Another thing what, is... Minna, Minna ahead, what, are yes. some things you would, what are some things you would say? Give us an example of that. Just give us an example okay. of something you would say that's not on your resume that would show that. Right. So, so I'll, I'll try to, you know, wing it on my uh, personal brand statement for me. So we have a formula that is a, an essence factor, a guru factor, and a star factor. It's three dimensions. It's three to five sentences. So my personal brand statement would probably sound something like this. Uh, hi, my name's Minna Brown, and I am an executive coach and career consultant, have been for 24 years and counting. And something that's unique about my experience is that I had 
deep experience as an executive in corporations as well as 20 years of experience as an, ex- as an executive coach. Not very many of my uh, competitors have that kind of combination of experience. Mm-hmm. And something that I would tell you about myself is that clients really appreciate my candor, my, my compassion, my gentleness, my, my um, directness, they also know that I'm just fun to work with, and I care about them. So that makes the big difference. And that's the star factor, right? That's the, the star last factor. That said. last sentence was the star factor. Mm-hmm. The guru factor is the fact that I have coaching and executive because right. there's a small percentage right. that have both. And the essence factor is, who are you? I'm an executive coach with lots of experience. Right. And my guru that's, factor would be it. when yeah. I help people when I help people create their own podcast programs, my guru mm-hmm. factor would be that I've interviewed five thousand people. That's it. You know, right? how and, many in people my career that that's a stand apart yeah. kind of characteristic. Yeah. 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 And then the star factor would be, you know, that I'm flexible or that I have clients from many different walks of life and very different I mean I don't I don't know if that's a star factor. Well but I, think I would say for you uh, one of your star factors would be how engaging you are, uh, high energy, uh, a good listener, very engaging, and really relevant to what's happening in today's world. Well, that's true. And one of the things that helps me with that is all of the corporate training I do in addition to doing podcasts. So I'm up on the latest things of what's happening in companies because I'm hearing it from employees every single day when well, I do trainings. And that's another dimension of your guru factor as well. Yeah, Your guru yeah. factor is like, I not, not only have I interviewed 5,000 or thousands of people, but I also do extensive corporate trainer training, yeah. which gives me a deep insight into what's happening in companies today. That's true. Yeah. And that's your yeah. brand statement. And see how mm. many of our interviewers, uh, you know, if, if a guy's going for a director job or manager job at ABC company, he or she is going to go in with... Um, well, I, this has been my job, and this is where I got my degree, right. and this is what I right. did. I can read that on your resume, but I right. want to hear about you. I want you to tell me who you are and make mm. it special, make it mm. memorable, make it resonate in my brain. So let me go back to the essence, though. Mm-hmm. So the essence, yeah. though, sounds like it would come somewhat from your resume, because the essence is a combination of my experience, correct? Like I've had correct. 30 years or 20, so, you know, 30 years as a broadcaster, you know, 20 exactly. years as a, as a corporate trainer or whatever yep. that is. I see. Your essence factor okay. could actually end up being exactly what your title is at the top of the resume. In today's world, you don't have a resume that says summary. That's just pointless. You have a resume that has a headline, you know, executive coach and career transition consultant or broadcast uh, expert and corporate training uh, consultant. I mean, that headline is generally what your essence factor is going to be. And mine would be broadcast podcast expert because it's in the broadcast area of the podcast. Yeah. And then then you might have a subtitle on your resume. If you had a resume, you might have a subtitle that added in additional things like corporate uh, corporate training and some of those Mm -hmm. things. So your headline, I would say, on any kind of resume, and I know everybody has a different opinion about resumes, but this to me is indisputable. You must have a headline. I mean, this is your Wall Street Journal ad. This is your Mm -hmm. Super Bowl 30-second ad. It has to have a headline. 
mm-hmm. and you work hard at refining that headline to make sure it communicates yeah. so much to the reader. Question, another question for you. Yeah. What, where would this go or would it if you were talking about awards you might have won or books you might have written? Where, where would that fit in? It would fit into, well, there are three places I can tell you immediately. First of all, that would go right at the bottom of your resume, right after credentials. You'd have right. your credentials, which would be your de- degrees and certifications, et cetera, and then right underneath that you would have publishment or publications or something like that, and you would list your books and your articles that have been published mm-hmm. in it. And, mm-hmm. it. and if there's a lot of them, you could put that on an addendum, rather than clutter up your resume, but definitely in most cases that could be listed right under credentials on the second page of your resume. The second place it would be is you should, most senior people should have an executive bio, a professional bio, which is four paragraphs. It's a one-pager. It's written as an easy-to-tell-my-story kind of thing. It has four paragraphs. In the bio, you can put your picture If you want to, we usually recommend you have a picture on your bio, but then right in that fourth paragraph is where you would put your publications and awards, you know, awarded the the top delivery, blah, 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 in that bottom. And then the third Mm -hmm. place is absolutely on your LinkedIn profile, some place where people can see it and, and it's not buried in text somewhere. What about being able to verbalize it in terms of the essence guru and star? Would you even mention that in when you're talking or Probably no? Probably not. Probably okay. not unless unless it is a New York Times bestseller. Um, probably yeah. that is better to offer in the dialogue which is in the interview because you want to keep your brand statement just crisp, clean, concise. Okay. Just a just a minute. Yeah, very, very important. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, mm-hmm. now we're going to talk about one that is not easy for a lot of people, <laughs> and that's negotiation. How do you talk about money? How do you get, you know, several things? Um, how, how do you even speak about it? How do you address it? And whether it's, again, contract or part-time or, um, or full-time, and then is there a salary range within the company, and how do you work within that? And so we're going to talk to Minna Brown about that uh, when we come back from the break. Minna, how can people find you? Uh, my website is Positive Coach, which is similar to your business too, but PositiveCoach.com. Okay, great. And again, Minna Brown, um, MCC, BCC, and MBA. Um, has the depth of executive leadership experience, masterful coaching, and all-around credentials. And she's been an executive coach and career consultant for 24 years. And she provides executive coaching and leadership development program to companies, individuals, and teaches her own coach training school in Dallas. And before that, in her earlier years, she was an aerospace executive and CFO in large publicly traded companies. She's co-authored five books about careers and coaching and has an MBA from Vanderbilt and is a master certified coach. We'll be back with Minna right after the break to talk about how do you negotiate when you are uh, seeking a position with a company. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back.
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every week for Making Action Happen, hosted by Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain. The program takes you inside Action 22, a Colorado-based community outreach organization established in 1999. The show focuses on public policies, both politically driven or not, which have ongoing and immediate impact on the Colorado community and the world. It doesn't matter where you are, you can make action happen. Listen Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and 1 p.m. Mountain Time on Voice America Variety. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone and we are back we are have been talking about um, careers and getting the right position in 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 the job or in your career and where you want to be. And we've been talking to expert Minna Brown, who's an experienced and masterful executive coach, career consultant, author, trainer, public speaker, and an entrepreneur. She's the president of Positive Coach LLC, and she offers comprehensive career and career coaching and uh, comprehensive executive and career coaching and leadership development to individuals and to companies. And she teaches professional and managerial coaching through her own ICF and BCC accredited programs. She's a former aerospace operation executive and CFO and she's a master certified coach she's written five books she has an MBA and she has many coaching certifications and is a powerhouse and has helped thousands of people Um, welcome back Minna thank you (laughs) and what we've been talking about is in the whole job search you know what's your focus how do you prepare how do you network how do you interview and now we're going to talk about a challenging part of this is how do you negotiate? How do you talk mm-hmm. about money? Okay, go ahead, Minna. Right. You know, the, probably the most uncomfortable and biggest area, again, that people get wrong is how to talk about money. 
So Mm. the first thing I would say is listen carefully to the way the question is asked. So there are two frameworks that the question about salary or money is asked. The first is what I would call more hypothetical. So it, it would be, it would sound something like this. What are you looking for? Or what would it take to get you? Or what are, mm-hmm. what's your idea of the seller? So they're asking you kind of what you want. They're not actually asking for data. And I would say a good interviewer is actually going to ask the second question, but an interviewer who is not well prepared is going to ask the first one, what are you looking for? Well, the answer to that is don't give them a number, period. Mm-hmm. Do not mm-hmm. give them a number at all. all. Right. Right. Because you can only hurt yourself one of two ways. You're going to give them a number that's too high or give them a number that's too low. Absolutely. And you could scare them off either way. So right. it's like, but the way you can answer a question like that is to say something like this and put it into your own words. You know, well, I think if I understand the scope and the responsibilities of the job, I'm, I feel very confident that the market rate will be adequate or the market rate will be fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, if they persist... Well, right, that was my next more, question. Yeah, if they persist, well, give me something more important, more specific. Or, you right. know, I really need to, I need to know what to, Then I would recommend that you turn it around and say, well, you, can you share with me the range for this yes. position? Yes, every I've company, done that. Every recruiter has a range, and yeah. I would turn the set... Phase two of that process would be ask for the range. Can you give me the range so I can respond? And if they give you a range, then you say, you know, I fall in that range, that would be fine. And then if they still persist and they won't give you a number, then I think you can just say, well, let's, let's see how it goes. And I'm really confident that I will be in the right ballpark. And I'm very mm-hmm. flexible and we can negotiate it. So mm-hmm. do everything you can not to give them a number. But mm-hmm. now a smart interviewer is actually going to ask the second question, which is the better question to ask, which is, what are you currently making? Now, they're not asking and, a Now, can you tell them that? Can you tell them yes, that? Yes, I think you have to. So the first one, you can do a little dance. But the second yeah. one, if you try to dance around the second one, then you're just going to look squishy and, and you know, that's yeah. not going to be good. So the yeah. second one, you need to give them a number. But here's how you give them the number. You don't just tell them your salary. So a lot of physicians, especially in upper levels, manager, director, VP, upper levels, even even salespeople, et cetera, have incentive compensation. They get bonuses from time to time. They may get uh, employee awards from time to time. So what you need to do if you're saying, how much, what is your current salary? You answer it this way. My total cash compensation in the last year was X. And that should be kind of the number that's in your box one or two on your W-2. There's a total cash compensation on your W-2. And it's going to include your bonuses and wards and things like that. So you would include that in your number, but you can't call it your salary, but you can call it your total cash compensation. And another tip is that if you made less money last year, and a lot of people in 2020 did, and maybe their their salary in 2019 or their bonuses in 2019 were much, much better. So then I I would average them together. 
And I would say, well, over the last two years, my average cash compensation was X. Because you want to give them the full cash. Now, the other thing you add about your compensation is if your company or your job in particular has some pretty good benefits that are a little better or even a lot better than the marketplace, you don't want to leave those out. So if it's just average, then you don't mention anything about benefits. But if you were in a job where you had a company car or you had all of your continuing education paid for mm-hmm. or you had a $5,000 uh, education benefit, then you would want to add that in and say, in addition to my cash compensation, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. have X, Y, and Z at my company, and I think that is okay. even above the marketplace. So okay. you should know that. All right, excellent. We have to. We have two minutes left. Um, one oh, quick okay. question, and then I want. I, I know. I know. We could go path. on forever. Uh, the only other question I have, and then I want, want your closing thoughts, is if they say, "Give me a range," uh, and they give you a range, then do you say give them the highest number in that range, or you just say, "I know I can work within that"? I we only have one minute now. I would say, you know, if they give you a range then you can say, that seems very reasonable to okay. me, or I right. can work within right. that, exactly what All you're right. saying. Closing thoughts, what do you want to leave our listeners with? We've got like 30 seconds, but do what you can. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, the job search process is a lifelong skill for every single employee today. They need to get better and get good at how to find a job. The expectation for people, and I don't like labels, millennials, etc., but in the people who are in 20 and 30 and even early 40s today expect to change jobs every three to five years. So you must okay. be good at it. You need to know how to do it, what the process is, and be prepared for the rest of your career. It's something you can learn, and then you've got it under your belt forever. Thank you so much, Minna. Really quickly, your website, please. It's uh, positivecoach.com. All right. All right. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks. Thank you so much. Fabulous interview. That wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. To find me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com. I'll put you on my newsletter list. Um, if you're looking to do a podcast, which so many people are, I can help you do that. That's one of my specialties. And remember, um, you can find me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. Stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next week, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.